back to another episode of the Feminist Mormon Housewives podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay, and we are continuing our series of A Year of Polygamy. If this is your first time joining us, I would recommend that you go to episode one with Fanny Alger, where we start and try to go in order, walking you through the issues of Mormon polygamy, hopefully helping women find some sort of peace with the principle and practice. If not peace, at least a better understanding of how it was implemented and eventually in the future at the end of this year, how it is implemented today. Today we're going to cover the story of Flora Ann Woodworth. Flora Ann was born on November 14th, 1826 in New York to her parents, Lucian Woodworth and Phoebe Watrous. Lucian was an architect and a stonemason, and although we don't know much about his conversion to Mormonism, we know that by early 1843 he was serving as architect and construction foreman for the Nauvoo House, which was a project that was very, very important to Joseph Smith. Lucian was said to have given a speech to workers who demanded higher pay, and Joseph supported him by saying, quote, Well, the pagan prophet, Lucian Woodworth, has preached us a pretty good sermon this morning to break off the yoke of oppression I don't know as I can better it much, end quote. Historians assume that this meant that Lucian was not a Mormon at the time of construction since he was called a pagan prophet, although he was a close friend and associate of Joseph Smith. And you can read Doctrine and Covenants 124 for more info about this story. And again, Joseph usually married women who um, had close connections with him. So him being good friends with her father is an important part of this story. We know a lot, most of what we know from Flora from her schoolmate, Helen Mark Kimball, who would also go on to be another plural wife of Joseph Smith. She was uh, younger than Flora, but they were both children. In spring of the same year, um, Joseph's trusted secretary, William Clayton, testified that Joseph married Lucian's 16-year-old daughter, Flora Ann. Now, William Clayton, again, was... Joseph's personal secretary. We have a lot of the polygamous history from his notes because he kept a really pretty complete and thorough journal. Todd Compton records a story by Orange Wright that took place shortly after the marriage. Orange was 19 and had returned from a mission in the spring of 1843. When he reached Nauvoo, he, quote, concluded to look about and try to pick up one or more of the young ladies before they were all gone. So I commenced keeping company with Flora Woodworth, daughter of Lucian Woodworth, called the Pagan Prophet, end quote. So Orange comes back from his mission. He is ready to get married. He's looking around. And the story goes that Orange and Flora, you know, started courting. And we're talking near Joseph's home when Joseph drove up in a carriage and stopped and invited them to take a ride with him. Joseph and Flora would have known of the marriage so Joseph is now married to Flora, but she's courting Orange. And Joseph shows up in his his wagon saying, Hey, why don't you guys come for a ride? Orange Wright wouldn't have known about the marriage, but Flora would have. So you can imagine what that felt like. Quote, He opened the door for us, and when we were seated opposite to him, he told the driver to drive on. We went to the temple lot and many other places during the afternoon, and then he drove to the Woodworth house, and we got out and went in. After we got into the house, Sister Woodworth took me in another room and told me that Flora was one of Joseph's wives. 
I was aware or believed that Eliza R. and the two Partridge girls were his wife, but was not informed about Flora. But now Sister Woodworth gave me all the information necessary, so I knew Joseph believed and practiced polygamy. Now, as a matter of course, I had once, after giving her Flora a mild lecture, left her and looked for a companion in other places where I could be more sure. End quote. And shortly after that, Orange got called on another mission. And you can read his autobiography. I have it linked in the text site. So, you know, Joseph took them around to a lot of different places. And you can imagine what Flora was thinking as she was sitting in the wagon when that happened. She was only 16 at the time. So she was young, you know, probably wanted to be courting men her own age. So... So you can see that that would have been an awkward, awkward situation for her. And when when they got taken back to her house and Orange gets taken into the room to be informed by Flora's mother, I often wonder where Flora was at this time, if she was with Joseph and what what was being said there. So that's just such an interesting story to think about. One of the most famous stories where Flora is remembered is the time that Joseph's first wife, Emma Smith, became aware of the secret relationship. She was still smarting from finding Elizabeth's letters to, or Eliza R. Snow's letters the previous day. So Emma goes for a short carriage ride with Joseph on August 22nd, and they go to Lucian Woodworth's family. She calls on them while Joseph attends to some business at the temple. Emma apparently did not know that Lucian's 16-year-old daughter, Flora, had been Joseph's plural wife since springtime. What probably began as a casual social visit resulted in a really awkward confrontation between Emma and Flora when Emma discovered that Flora was wearing a gold watch that Emma had recognized. She realized that Joseph had given Flora this gold watch. She would have realized the implications of such a gift since he had also given one of these watches to Eliza R. Snow. Joseph was returning just as Emma was demanding the gold watch from Flora, and he supposedly reprimanded Emma. Joseph Smith's personal secretary, William Clayton, writes that on August 22nd, quote, President Joseph told me that we had difficulty with Emma yesterday. She rode up to the Woodworths with him and called while he came to the temple. When he returned, she was demanding the gold watch of Flora. He reproved her for her evil treatment. On the return home, she abused him much, and also when he got home, he had to use harsh measures to put a stop to her abuse, but finally succeeded. This evening, I had some more conversation with Margaret, who was Clayton's plural wife, and find she is stubborn and disposed to abuse me. I feel resolved to break my feelings from her if I could possibly can, end quote. So you can tell that these the trouble is brewing not only for Joe Smith, but William Clayton makes, makes mention that his plural wife, Margaret, is also not happy with him. And they these men sort of feel persecuted. They feel persecuted by these women. You can imagine what Emma was feeling discovering this, especially from a 16-year-old. And you can imagine what Flora was feeling. You know, she had had this confrontation with Orange, started to date him, and then had that awkward exchange where Orange lectures her on, you know, leading him on, I guess. And then you have Emma lecturing Flora saying, who gave you that watch? That's That's not yours. You give that back. I demand to have that back. And that would have meant a lot to someone like Flora to have a woman of such high status in the community come after you like that. But you can also imagine how Emma was feeling. More entries followed. 
from William Clayton. On August 26th, he wrote, quote, Hiram and I rode to my house, and Joseph met Mr. Woodworth and Flora and conversed some time, end quote. August 28th, President Joseph met Ms. Woodworth at my house, end quote. And then on August 29th, a.m. at the temple, President Joseph at my house with Miss Woodworth. So we know that, um, I guess, I guess some speculate that since he wrote that on August 28th and August 29th, it seems that Joseph and Miss Woodworth spent the night at William Clayton's house. That, of course, is speculation, but just, uh, based on his journal entries, that is, that is what some people take from it. Regardless, the age of consent may have had little or no correspondence to the average age of the first marriage. A lot of people say, oh, you know, people got married younger back then, so things were different. Available research shows that in Joseph Smith's day, marriages to 14-year-old girls were legal, but rare. Uh, the Nauvoo City Council passed an ordinance specifying the minimum ages for marriage, which recited Illinois state law verbatim, quote, all male persons over the age of 17 years and females over the age of 14 years may contract and be joined in legal marriage, provided in all cases where either party is a minor, the consent of parents or guardians be first had, end quote. There's some speculation, but no official record that around this time, Phoebe was sealed to Joseph as a wife as well. Because Lucian and Phoebe received their endowments and joined the Holy Order during this time, this idea supports a dynastic interpretation of the marriage to many historians. So because her parents got their endowments and were sealed, a lot of people think that he only got married to Flora because she was their daughter and he wanted to be sealed to them, thus sealing them all together in eternity through the Holy Order. We don't know much about if Phoebe was sealed to Joseph as well. Lucian continued to grow in favor of Smith and was appointed emissary, taking a letter from Joseph to Thomas Ford, who was the governor of Illinois at the time. Lucien also attended the first meeting of the First Presidency and the Twelve on March 8, 1844, and he continued to serve as emissary with important missions to Texas and other appointments. When Joseph was killed in 1844, Flora became a widow at age 17. Later that year, in 1884, Flora began courting and married Carlos Grove, who was a non-Mormon. This was not met by approval by Helen Marr Kimball, one of Joseph's wives and a schoolmate of Flora. She wrote, quote, A young man boarding at her father's after the death of Joseph, not a member of the church, has sought her hand. In time won her heart, and in a reckless moment she was included to accept his offer, and they eloped to Carthage, accompanied by a young lady friend, and they were married by a justice of the peace. Flora was never happy with him, and she hated as he hated the Mormons, and she felt condemned for the rash steps she had taken. End quote. Helen would also mention that the couple had two or three children. And if if that is true, Flora wasn't happy. I feel for her. That's that's a hard, hard decision to be made. Meanwhile, Flora's parents were really active in the community. Lucian lost his post as head architect due to an error, and Phoebe served faithfully in the temple, washing and anointing women in ordinances preparatory to the endowment. William Clayton mentions a small problem that Phoebe had while doing the work, quote, Perfect peace and harmony prevail, except in one case which happened this afternoon, wherein Phoebe Woodworth interfered with business which did not belong to her, and in the presence of those who are in higher in authority than her. Whatever the trouble was, the trouble seemed not to be too serious, and two days later she was back to work in the temple. So he lo he lost his appointment for a mistake. She had a few fallings out, but she continued to work in the temple. On January 17, 1846, Flora received her own endowment with no male by her side. 
is pretty rare. She is referred to in the records as Flora Ann Grove. And on the same day, her mother Phoebe was sealed to Joseph Smith for eternity with Lucian standing proxy and sealed to Lucian for only time. So she was sealed to Joseph for eternity and to her husband for only time. This ceremony was officiated by Brigham Young since Lucian was not sealed to his wife Phoebe for eternity. Lucian soon married Charlotte Fox, Amita Mary, Maria Williams, Margaret Johnson, and Rachel Kingsley. So he was rewarded for that with a lot of wives. In 1846, Flora and her husband Carlos left Nauvoo to head to Utah with the rest of the saints, but stopped for a time at winter quarters. They met up with some of the members of the Whitney family. Horace Whitney records that along with Helen Marr, quote, We rigged a temporary bed stream in my tent for Flora, who had been very sick, but now is slowly regaining her health, end quote. Helen Marr attended her and said, quote, Until she recovered her strength, she had lain helpless for many days, and her heavy raven locks were so matted together that it took me hours to comb them out. Flora had been very sick, but now is regaining her health. She felt condemned for marrying a non-Mormon and made this confession to me while I was nursing her and said she desired to cling to Joseph hereafter, end quote. By September 1850, Joseph, Flora was living with her parents and Carlos disappeared from census records. We're not sure if he died, left to work, or if the couple separated. Helen Marr speculated on Flora's marriage, quote, I have given this little incident in my life of Flora truthfully, and it ought to teach a lesson to those who read it. For no Latter-day Saint can find happiness in a marriage with an unbeliever as soon as the illusion which bewildered them wears off. They find no true companionship, and remorse will come, though, alas, too late to retrace their steps. End quote. Never making it to Utah, Flora passed away in Canesville, Iowa, around 1850. Helen Marr would write, quote, I never saw her again as she died at that place, leaving two or three children. Flora, Flora would have been in her mid-twenties at the time. So thanks for uh, enjoying this post, and I hope you can leave your feedback or corrections in the comment section at Feminist Born Housewives Podcast. <laughs>